Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton, and uh, it's a special day today because we have a guest. Introduce yourself. It's uh, Gabriel. I've been here two times before, and it's the third time, so I guess it's going to be the end, and we'll never have me back on, because uh, third time's the charm. I guess things work uh, in trilogies around here, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, but um, it's really nice to have someone here to talk to. <laughs> Not that, I mean, I love uh, talking shit by myself, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be doing the podcast. But um, yes, let's do it. Uh, basically, um, the plan is that we're going to do some Star Wars talk and then uh, you and I are going to record a, a commentary track for episode two because yes. I needed the backup. You know what actually <laughs> happened? Um I invited you to do episode two, and uh, you couldn't make it that week. And then, um, so I, I just thought, I'm going to do this one by myself. And I know that you uh, you really dig episode three, so it's probably more fun for us to do episode three together. Mm -hmm. So I actually started doing episode two, and I got about 10 minutes into the movie, and I went, nah. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this alone. I can't do it alone. <laughs> So I, I chucked out the whole, um, <laughs> I chucked the whole, just, just no, I chucked the no whole way. intro and the episode and no, <laughs> okay. I can't, this is not. Uh, but you managed episode one by yourself. Yeah. Two and two and a bit hours of me talking, but I did it in two sections cause I just got yeah, a bit yeah, uh, worn out. Yeah, but you managed episode one, yet you couldn't manage episode two. But for me, episode one, uh, it has, there's, there, there's more in there that I can be positive about than in episode two. Okay, then. Yeah. Okay, then. Now, um, I, I, we haven't really talked about this properly, um, but um, I, yeah, I, I'm trying not to add to the cacophony of negativity that is the internet, right? Yes. So I'm basically always trying to just talk about stuff that I like. Um, but I also wanted to take this opportunity to do a kind of big cathartic just <clears throat> on, the, on the prequels, you know, and yeah. just like... Um, the, the other films I'm planning on doing kind of section by section and really just kind of taking my time and enjoying it. But the, the prequels, I, I want to kind of just get them like get them done and get my feelings out and then that'll be it. Um, Never have to talk or see them again. <laughs> kind of. Um, but so, so in a way, I was like, well, it's kind of good that Gabriel's not here to do episode two because I'm going to say a lot of shit about this movie and um you have mentioned that you are you of course grew up with those films yes. and you you uh you uh, there's a lot about them that you really like mm -hmm. and i don't want to step on other people's enjoyment of stuff like i just don't want to do that however i don't know in some way i feel like you're less sensitive about stuff than i am yeah you've grown up with people yelling at each other on the internet yeah, maybe yeah 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 it's everyday, everyday life. What do you think? Do you feel like um, that it will bother you to sit here and talk about a movie that you like? No, of course not. Okay, cool. Because I think I think that the thing you're doing isn't yelling, because you 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 do not you you don't want to not enjoy them. You do want to enjoy them because mm. you love Star Wars. Yes. And a lot of people love Star Wars quotation marks, yeah. but they don't. They love one, two, three. Yeah. Or four, five, six, rather. Sorry, yeah. four, five, six. I meant four, five, six. Yeah. Um, 
and then shit on the rest of the the movies. Yes. And it's like they they like four, five, six, and they like a lot of things that are now legends and not canon anymore. Yeah. Uh, so they they have their Star Wars and uh, that they like. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna discredit them or anything and say that nope. they're not true Star Wars fans if they only like uh, four, five, and six and mm-hmm. think the rest of them are garbage. Mm-hmm. But I still think that if if we were talking about Star Wars as a whole, we have to talk about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes, that's the story. That's the starting from Anakin, ending with uh, Ray and Ben. Mm. So I, I think like we have to look at it as a whole. And right. if you only enjoy one third of the whole, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like mm, okay. Okay, yeah. and I think that a lot of people also overlook a bunch of stuff mm. uh, in the prequels that I think uh, are quite redeemable in some ways. Well, that's good. So I'm looking forward to kind of hearing um, you talk about the stuff that you really like about uh, episode two, and I would love to have you on for episode three as well. I uh, want to be on for episode great. two because because I I have my qualms with episode two. Mm. I genuinely like episode three. I think episode three Mm. is a good start. I think it's in the top three for me. I think there are a lot about episode three that is, that gets so much shit where I'm like, no, no. Mm -hmm. What are you on about? It's a great Star Wars movie. Great. Good. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, um, as you said, I, I, I do feel like at, at least if I'm going to, kind of complain about stuff as we're watching that I'm going to do it in the, in a spirit of fun. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be good now. Um, but that is our next episode. What we're doing now is just a quick catch up on Star Wars thoughts and, and, and feelings. Um, you mentioned, uh, before we started recording that you had some thoughts, was it connected to avatar in some way? It, it kind of was in a way, cause I was, I just, at work earlier today, Mm. I just had this thought about um, the relationship to Anakin and Obi-Wan and about how uh, Anakin is supposed to be this this kind of... um, uh, Jesus figure in a way. Yeah, sure. He's supposed to be the savior, the chosen one, the mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Mm. Yet we never see him, at least in the prequels, be a particular, particularly powerful force user. Okay. We, can you? I mean, he won the pod race and stuff, but we never see him actually be the chosen one. That's very interesting. Like he and does. You're right. In episode two, he. Yeah, there are some moments like when he uh, jumps out of the speeder and stuff in, the, but, but it's not, not not exactly this kind of like you know. Um, I think when you watch the Clone Wars, yeah. maybe you get the yeah, a bit more of that. And actually, if you watch the old, the original original Clone Wars yeah, animated yeah, yeah. show, you see Mace Windu doing the kind of stuff that you yeah. maybe you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And. Then I saw you post on Facebook the other mm. day about because uh, I was thinking about like just general Star Wars things uh, mm. to to talk about because Star Wars fun for everyone, right? Everyone, uh, everyone, especially, especially Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was posting about Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then I got to thinking, what if 
Anakin had kind of like a similar power to the avatar mode mm. that on goes into mm-hmm. maybe not with you know blue eyes mm-hmm. like being yep. but like that you could actually maybe kind of see a manifestation of the force through mm. him and you see him go from a very skilled jedi mm. to an absolute like he just wields his lightsaber with precision and skill and strength and he does crazy acrobatics mm-hmm. things and he does amazing feats of force use usage as well mm-hmm. like i think one of the strongest things we've seen with the f- with the force is when um Ray and uh, Kylo Ren they have uh, the pulling battle with the shuttle yeah, with sure. Chewie and Apparently, I've heard people say that Palpatine uses the Force to re- reveal all of the new Star Destroyers. I've yeah. heard, yeah, that makes sense. He, you, you think so? Because they're spaceships; they're kind of meant to f- fly and float or whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean that because I think if you think about that particular scene, like logic-wise, mm-hmm. you go like, like Palpatine and Kylo Ren are talking, and that at least if you just read what's on the screen, it seems to happen as they are talking. Yeah. How Did he give the order? Did he have a little button to push to say, lift? but Kylo Ren can't even see that because he's in the, in the, you know, he's inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, to me, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't take that kind of as a real, like, like this is uh, something you need to understand the logic of very well. However, um, as as I think you're saying that it makes sense that there are just pilots on there. Yeah, and just it's like it's like, did did Palpatine really need to give the order? Couldn't couldn't it be like, oh yeah, Palpatine, uh, when they come and find him, he wants to reveal his grand plan, and as they do, we push the button and the spaceships blow up. It's like mm. I don't know. I never thought about it too much in the movie. It's I've just heard people talk about it, mm. um, after mm-hmm. after the fact, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I, and I've been like, oh, okay. Uh, why? They're, space- mm. they're spaceships. They're, they can take off without having Palpatine needing to use the Force. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that. And I was also thinking about... Going back to the relationship with Obi-Wan and, uh, and Qui-Gon. The whole tension of, um, of uh, Obi-Wan being Qui-Gon's apprentice. Mm. And then Qui-Gon suddenly takes interest in this new apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Like, because we've, we've been talking about in, uh, on uh, uh, on Facebook about how would we make the uh, the prequels? What changes would we do? And I think a big thing I would do is show, at least in The Phantom Menace, mm. show that there is a rift between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And Obi-Wan notices this kid is so powerful in the Force. I want mm-hmm. it to be... I, I, I want there, like... The reveal of Anakin should basically be, oh, there's Jedi here. We have, there's this slave kid who like maybe uses the, I don't know. He's weird. Go talk to him. Maybe. I don't know. Something in those mm. lines. And and then there being a rift between Obi-Wan and Anakin, not from Anakin's point of view, but from mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Qui-Gon dies. And Obi-Wan feels like it's his responsibility. Mm to take Anakin under his wing. Mm. And another 
part of this being in episode three when on the battle of Mustafar, mm. when Obi Wan says, "I love you like a brother, Anakin." Mm. I want it to actually feel like he loved him like a brother, mm, like yep. like he 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 took Anakin under his wing out of respect for Qui Gon, but then also learned to love Anakin. Mm. Because they became they became brother brothers in arms, kind of, especially in the Clone Wars, um, or in, in not the show when the, the Clone Wars started in the like the actual war part, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they actually became generals and what soldiers and whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of showing that there was a rift in the beginning, but then Qui Gon dying and then establishing that Obi Wan feels such a responsibility mm. to teach this child who is said to be the child of prophecy and mm. and that there is actually a feeling of love between them or at least from from obi-wan to anakin so that mm. when obi-wan says i love you like a brother anakin mm. that we actually feel that because i think that's a very powerful scene mm-hmm. in episode three but i don't really feel that there's a lot of stuff that backs up what he yes. says i really agree like i think that kind of um that's where one of the biggest flaws to me is that the the characters haven't weren't given they weren't made to be really likable very likable as individuals and no. but and they also didn't have that kind of um that friendship um developed between them where you kind of felt that warmth and fun that they they would have together like um by the end of the first Star Wars movie like they just they just met each other, but there's this feeling of, wow, we've had an adventure together. There's this like chemistry. It's fun. It's, I mean, Ray and Finn, like within ten minutes of them meeting each other, there's this yeah. friendship there, mm-hmm. and they and this kind of it's fun to watch them together. And it feels like in episode two, it's a lot of um, antagonism, yeah. and then in episode three, you've kind of now not seeing that whole era of the Clone Wars when that friendship is being built potentially. So I guess like that's why a lot of people have said like that the Clone Wars TV show has made them uh, like enjoy the prequels a whole lot more because you get to see more of that friendship. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like it, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the strongest point of it. So if they could develop that better, then I'm totally with you. And I also feel like, in uh, in uh, episode four, mm. when uh, Obi Wan is telling Luke about um, his uh, Anakin, um, yeah, right. I, f- I feel like yeah, <laughs> not where you're going. They, we this. could do we could do this two ways. Mm. We could have them showing the friendship mm. and the camaraderie yep. and the brotherly love, mm. and actually have Obi Wan mean those words. Mm. Or we could have an Obi-Wan who due to this feeling of responsibility and also like, I do this for Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. who has th- this picture mm. of who Anakin was. So we yeah. still have the Hayden Christensen mm-hmm. that like he was in the movies mm. being, you know, Hayden Christensen's acting and whatnot. And st- but, but Obi-Wan still having mm. like this view of Anakin 
because he felt so much responsibilities so for him. So there's some revision, revisionism yeah. going on where yeah. it's like, ah, you know, like, no, we were, we were Yeah, friends. like, he actually, he actually believes it without mm. being true. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. has this picture of Anakin mm. and he's been... There's a, there's a great video uh, on YouTube, very short, which mm. is called Obi Wan has PTSD. Where <laughs> I think I might have seen. Yeah, that you one. might have seen that. It's yeah. when Obi Wan talks about Anakin, and they cut in um, clips from the prequels mm. to kind of back up what Obi Wan says. Mm. And I kind of like that idea a lot that Obi Wan is is in a way reminiscing about mm-hmm. his time with Anakin. But if Obi Wan reminisces about a time where Anakin wasn't a great man, where Anakin mm. was a very flawed human being and mm. a very, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. That's also an interesting take yeah. on it, I think. So you could do it two ways. But there's still some, there mm. still needs to be mm. some heavy editing of the prequels in order for these two sure. versions to work. But I still think that both of both of those ideas are interesting takes on mm. their their relationship at least and then the thing with anakin basically having an avatar mode with the force is mm. basically to show the rift between what a normal force user can mm. do Got it. versus the chosen one because yeah. we don't really get that much chosen one vibes from anakin in the prequels it's it's like everyone says he's the chosen one and he is powerful with the force, mm-hmm. or so they say. We never get to see it. Right. I would say, like, um, actually, I'm just gonna remember. Yeah, you can back your mic off a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, just because uh, any, I'm gonna remember where to edit. Yeah, any kind of like puh, puh sounds gets a bit of wind going into oh, the okay, mic. Okay, okay. Mm. Is it any better now? Yeah, that seems good. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what am I thinking here? Yes, okay. So the the whole thing with the chosen one, um, I have to say, like uh, when I when I saw that in ep- episode one, I was just like, I mean, I guess a lot of stuff doesn't feel like Star Wars until it's been Star Wars for a while, and yeah. then you just kind of go, well, it is Star Wars, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it didn't feel like Star Wars to me at the time, and the fact that I still see people online arguing about. <laughs> Whether or he was or not, and who was it, and, and like the whole point of it is like to bring balance to the force, and no one can agree on what that even means. Like some people, are like no, that means to destroy the Sith and you know bring the force into you know make everything light, and the people are like no, no, it means that you know there was there were two Sith and two Jedi left at the end of all yeah, that. Yeah, I that agree means with that. that was, so, but that just makes me think like I don't think George really knew. No, I, thought, of I think he just made that sounds cool. Bring balance to the force. That sounds pretty nice. And I don't think he ever... And there is video of him actually talking about it. And a lot of people are like, see, George knew what he's talking about. And, and I've listened to the whole thing and I'm like, I'm still confused. Sorry, I don't, I don't get it. Like, So I just feel like um, I, it's potentially a cool thing. And like you said, if you make it so that the character is markedly different from everyone else in a way, yeah. then uh, it makes more sense, you know. But um, ah, it's not my favorite aspect. I'm, I'm going to say something mm. that a lot of Star Wars fans never say and mm. probably disagree with. Okay. Star Wars isn't that clever. George Lucas made a bunch of fantasy movies in mm. space, which are very good. Mm. But they were never meant 
to be yeah. clever or right. have a lot of like oh we do this now mm-hmm. so that in movies we make in 20 years we can reveal that they were never meant for that no that's and they that's reveal true. they reveal with with vader being uh, anakin or luke's father mm-hmm. i mean of course mind-blowing reveal but it's it's just a plot twist lots of movies have great plot twists it, yep. it yeah and that's it i think like when you know we get we take it super seriously and time and time again you've seen or you've heard stories like of dave filoni like uh working with george on the clone wars and george will go like all right this is what we're gonna do and dave will be like you can't really do that because remember this character in empire strikes back said this and george lucas is like i don't care <laughs> like yeah. like that's not what i'm here to yeah. do it's like it's it's supposed to be just fun. Star Wars you know? isn't the Lord of the Rings. No, exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah. uh, Tolkien wrote a whole world. Mm. Lucas didn't do that. But is it true that Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings basically stream of consciousness? He didn't know where the story was going. He just, uh, that's what I've heard, that he just, he created the world and the languages and all that stuff. Yeah. That stuff was like, but then the whole. He wrote the Silmarillion. To kind of explain, I think. Oh, I'm a. If I get this wrong, uh, I'm gonna be embarrassed, but I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he wrote the Silmarillion, and like he didn't write the Silmarillion. He wrote stories mm-hmm. and lore mm-hmm. to give his language purpose. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. and then he wrote mm. the Hobbit as a children's story, mm. and then. He wrote The Lord of the Rings as I don't know if the if the term young adult fiction existed back then. <laughs> but I think I think he was kind of going for young adult fiction. Mm. But but then he kind of realized, oh, the tone of the story is going to like a really okay. dark place and there's a lot of mm-hmm. grown up themes and stuff and people are very sad mm. and stuff. Okay. Um and then uh, he, he kind of realized, oh, there is a starving audience for the fantasy genre. And uh, yeah. and suddenly, the as he called it, I think, um, fairy story, I think is a word he used. Is it, did he call Lord of the Rings a fairy story? No, he called the fantasy genre. Oh, the, okay. The, fa- the fairy story genre. Oh, I, th- I think he called it that because the word mm. fantasy wasn't established. He said that there is a starving audience for the... Um, uh, fairy fairy tale or fairy fiction or fairy story saga that pleases me a lot because okay. that because it, it it proves the the success of Lord of the Rings proves that um, fairy tales can be for adults as well. Okay. Or and by fairy tales I mean fantasy. Yes. Mm. So can I ask you? I want to I, I want to raise basically some some aspects, characters or storylines in the prequels. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me how how positively or otherwise you feel about them. Yes. And whether or not you would change that if you were to do a rewrite on the prequels. Mm-hmm. All right. First, let's go with... Uh, so, Darth Maul dying in episode one. <laughs> would you have uh, kept him as your, your like, villain f- throughout the, the trilogy? Yes. Okay. It's a simple answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The biggest sin mm. in the prequels is that they did... Okay, 
he has like what one speaking line in the Phantom Menace. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Why did they design like the coolest, yeah. most evil-looking oh. guy and give him a unique weapon we've never yeah. seen a double-bladed lightsaber oh my God. and have him kill? Qui-Gon Jinn, a character we've already established to be cool enough mm. to say, fuck you, Jedi Cancel. Mm-hmm. I will train this boy. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi Cancel isn't like, oh, you're out. Mm. They're just like, oh, okay, it's Qui-Gon Jinn. What are we going to do? Qui-Gon's Kick him out? Qui-Gon. We can't really do that. And we have this cool-ass guy, mm-hmm. evil-looking mother bleeper. <laughs> I mean, I've said this before, like... Can you like can you imagine being a designer and George Lucas himself comes and goes like all right I'm giving you the job of cooking up uh, a design for the guy who basically has to be the Vader of this trilogy you would shit your pants yeah. you'd be like oh no like no one nothing nothing can like compare to the greatest villain of all time and somehow they did it yeah like every, I just remember when the, when the first images came out of Darth Maul Every single person that saw it just went like, oh, I can't, oh this is amazing. Yeah. Can't wait to see this Such guy. Such a great design. And then like the way the character moved, everything was, was, was perfect. Um, I mean, one thing I can say is that um, if, you, if you need basically uh, Palpatine's uh, apprentice to be able to be a public face for the separatists, yeah. Darth Maul doesn't work. Look at it. It looks like it looks like the most evil dude in, I know. in the galaxy. For us. Yeah. We don't live in a galaxy a long time ago from what wrong order. <laughs> his his race, yeah. if you've seen um Clone Wars. Yes. And also maybe even played um, KOTOR. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're like they're just a race of, of dudes. And mm. they, they, they have like kind of a bad rep or whatever. But like, <laughs> have you ever seen racism in Star Wars? Well, y- yes, but... Okay, okay, maybe. Well, we, uh, people... Well, I don't know. This is a bit of retconning. It's just to explain like why... Why is every person in the, in the uh, Empire a... Hu- a human and you go wow well, palpatine palpatine was kind of racist against other other um alien species or whatever but that's his his master to was, explain uh, something that was just a, a basic filmmaking thing oh is the, it an official retcon a canonical i retcon? don't think uh, i might have turned up in books but i don't know if okay. those books are canon or, or, or okay. anymore or not but it i mean it, it sits okay with me that explanation basically but i also think like I I, just... I I don't like applying that kind of logic where you're like there are like billions of like like races and species in the Star Wars galaxy, so you have to see them all represented like equally in every scene. We don't really know. We how are many... humans watching a movie. Yeah. Of course, we want to. We have to see more humans than anything else. Uh, that's how we relate to I what's going on. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. But there's a lot of Star Wars aliens that are very humanoid. How do we know that every stormtrooper? is a human they could they, yeah, they, they could course. be thrawn they could be all sorts what, of things i forgot what thrawn's race is called but they could be their same race as thrawn right. thrawn is a blue human that's just yeah, a, blue human race blue, yeah blue human race <laughs> i mean there could be a lot of a lot of different humanoid you could mm. say that that palpatine's requirement was uh you fit in the armor 
he fits in the armor, you're good. You could to... apparently shooting isn't a requirement. <laughs> I've actually heard I've actually heard that in in um uh in a new hope, mm. the reason why their aim is so bad when Luke and Leia is escaping mm. is that they don't they don't want to kill Leia. They're too nice. Yeah. No, but like like they, Oh, they're trying not to kill Yeah, Leia. it's a prisoner. Political prisoner. Yeah. Maybe mm. Vader would be very, very angry if he I, killed the political prisoner. I, so I've heard that argument, but I don't know. I don't ever... Like, if if that hadn't been, like, a, a memeable joke, I probably would not have thought about it that much. Like, I just go, like, that's movies. You know, of course the heroes aren't getting killed. That's yeah, just yeah. how it goes. Okay, but uh, back to Maul. Yeah. You're saying that Maul, even looking as he does, could have played the same role that Dooku d- does in episodes two and three. It would be difficult, but that's not bec- it's not a difficult for the world. But, it's okay, difficult for the how audience. about this? How about this? So, but my next question, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. ask it to you because I think it's all tied in together. Um, I'm not sure if George Lucas even invented this, but he definitely put, took it and put it in, into episode one, which is the rule of two. Yes. Uh, so they can only be two Sith at any given time. So that means that you couldn't have had, for example, Palpatine, Dooku, and Maul all being Sith Lords at the same time. Now, you, they bend the rules a bit by saying, well, you can have force-wielding apprentices, but they're not Sith. Okay, because you had Asajj Ventress et yeah. and, and stuff like that. So you kind of could have gotten around it that way. But it's... So my first question is, do you like the rule of two? Do you think that is a cool thing? Yes. I do too. I've, okay. Full disclosure here. I'm actually re- trying to rewrite the prequels. I haven't even told you that. Um, I'm actually going to do my own version of them. Because I, there's, so, there's so much about the overall story that kicks ass. That yeah, I, that was what my, my, my immediate question is. Do, do you keep the plot beats? Or you know, do you... Well, I keep... Here, I can tell you yeah. straight off what I keep, for sure. Mm-hmm. Palpatine orchestrating a war where he's playing both sides so where he can, A, grab political power just the way that our politicians do here. Yeah. There's a fucking enemy coming to, coming to, coming to get you. Only I can protect you. Mm-hmm. You need to give me uh, like uh, special executive powers in order to deal with this threat. I don't want the power, but we got a threat heading our way. So, uh, you know, I have to reluctantly take more uh, power than I would usually have. And he, so he can do that and whittle down the numbers of Jedi in the galaxy at the same yes. time because of the war. Um, that is some of the best writing in the whole saga. You know, I think it's so clever. Yeah. And then when and then this creation of a clone army that he has complete control over. Yes. And so when he brings the axe down and goes, right, Order 66, and all the almost every Jedi is wiped out immediately. That's fantastic. Yes. That you can't you couldn't have written that better, I think. So in that basic framework, I'm definitely keeping. But uh, one question that I'm facing, my idea is that I would make Count Dooku not a Sith Lord, but um, basically more of like one of the um, kind of like greedy political figures. Um, he doesn't need to be a, like a force wielder. He doesn't even need to know that uh, Darth Plagueis is Palpatine. Right. 
I think that he can be part of like just one of his pawns that he's manipulating. I think, and that so you can keep you in that way. You can keep Maul on board until episode three. You could also make it so that um, the Trade Federation, that like they actually do have like an actual argument and points, and that the conflict is actually like valid on both sides, and that Duco just could have naturally been like, yeah, you like. I'm going with the Trade Federation. Those guys, I, 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 their idea. I share ideals, mm-hmm. and then and then play. Uh, 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 Palpatine could be like, let's take advantage of Duke. Mm-hmm. You could have made it like that. So Duke has a bit more agency as a character. Even I don't know, mm-hmm. but like, I think that I think that um, Duco doesn't need to be a Sith. He could just he could be a bad guy. I, I yeah, mean, exactly. And he could, and he could he comes have, with, like this greedy aristocrat thing. Yeah, it's great, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, and we could, uh, he could even, and even if we wanted him to be affiliated with a Plagueis, then he could be the figurehead from the beginning. We could have Maul working in the shadows. Yeah, assassin. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there is a uh, one of the, I guess it's legends now, but there is a book called. Darth Maul's Shadow Hunter, I think, and um, that was a cool book. And it was he was doing exactly what we're talking about, where he's just working as basically Palpatine's shadowy agent out in yeah, the, yeah. out in the galaxy. Um, okay, so he, he, here's my next question: um, Jar Jar Binks. I don't hate Jar Jar Binks, but it didn't work, and I, I don't like the design of Gungans in general. I just think don't think they look good. So I basically don't want any of... I wouldn't have any of that in the story. Now, one of my big issues with the the prequels is that I just don't think they're funny. And um, so I feel like in the original trilogy, Han Solo is your kind of like... He produces a lot of comedy in that in the central three characters, but you also have R2-D2 and C-3PO, yeah. who are the big comic force, right? Yeah. Um, if you take out Jar Jar Binks, Ewan who McGregor, do you put the comedy on? Ewan McGregor could. I see. I think he's your medium co- comedian in mm-hmm. the in the bunch because he is funny. Obi Wan Kenobi is funny. Hello there. Yes, yes. <laughs> precisely. I think and the character's been charming and funny yeah. from the beginning. Want to buy some death sticks, but. <laughs> you want it exactly. I think you could. I think you could boost or make Obi Wan a bit funnier. For sure. Now, I also think. What ab- no, no, okay. Right, what right. about this? Mm-hmm. Tell- I have some ideas about Padme, about if she's actually even going to be the queen or whatever. She might be not even be a queen. But anyway, that's something I'm still thinking about. But my question is, I don't think you can make Anakin Skywalker very funny. I think he should be likable and charismatic. Hero-ish. Hero-ish, but not like ha-ha funny, right? Because he's supposed to turn into Darth Vader. But what if Padme, the girl that he falls for, is like a funny, funny woman? And like she, and that's part of why he's like, this is something that I'm missing. And I'm really drawn to this woman who's like really like got this hilarious sense of humor. What if she's the comedy of the bunch? That would work. You think so? I, I like this. I, I like my idea. Yeah, what I, a surprise! <laughs> I don't think we should remove the Gungans. Okay. Or Jar Jar. Uh huh. But I think Jar Jar's role should end when they reach the city and talk to um, 
whatever his name is, the ruler. Uh, so he should be like Tom Bombadil in Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, he should be Tom Bombadil. Interesting. He should he should be Tom Bombadilish as mm. as a character. Uh, I think that I think that uh, you could make a bunch of trailers trailers mm. and show bits of Jar Jar to draw in children, <laughs> kind sure. of. If we look at it from a uh, as not as a good movie but as a product, I think Which, that uh-huh. I think that having a kind of a if, even if yeah. he's not that funny, I remember thinking he was pretty funny, goofy, yeah. weird idiot. But this I mean, is not open to opinion. Kids do like Jar Jar. Yeah, it's uh, it that I I think we've talked about this before, but yeah. uh, I remember one. Uh, yeah, this kid, she was like, "That's my favorite character," and I was like, "All right, yeah, cool, yeah." <laughs> and when I said Anakin should be hero-ish. Mm. Mm. I don't mean our interpretation of hero. I mean mm-hmm. the Greek interpretation of a hero, which is a character that has accomplished great feats, but Ooh. is but is flawed. Which is exactly what he should be. Yeah, mm. which he is. Yes, in in the prequels. Yeah. But okay, well, okay, yeah, I've got a big big. Well, topic okay, there. yeah, Hear but me. but basically the whole idea that even if he is immensely powerful, mm-hmm. and even if he is a good guy who defeats. Um, if it's a Greek, uh, Greek uh, myths, uh, monsters mm-hmm. and things, it's still like, oh yeah, and he got cursed and killed his wife out of rage. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Like Hercules has uh, rage issues, uh-huh. and um, and uh, Achilles has his heel, and also be, yes. he he thinks he's immortal, so he has a overconfidence i guess is his vice mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's a big thing with the greek uh, uh, greek uh, heroes that they are uh, flawed mm. they are they are great warriors uh, and uh, have accomplished things almost uh, impossible by normal humans mm. uh, mainly because they're all Zeus's children <laughs> but mm. they are they are very flawed and i think that's actually a thing i like with anakin so much in the prequels uh, is that he is extremely flawed, and we only see more of his flaws in the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah, so, it's uh, y- you see that change that happens in him. It's much more gradual once yeah. you've watched the Clone Wars, and yeah. the pieces fit a lot better. You're right. Because if you just watch the trilogy, it kind of feels like he beheads Dooku and then goes on his path down to the dark side. But if you if you account for the um, if you account for the Clone Wars as well, then you, we can see him gradually being, uh, bec- becoming more, shall we say, brutal in a way. But I think that's very fitting because he's a soldier in a war. Yeah. I think that I think that if we made it clear in the prequels that Anakin mm. is being affected by the war, they all the Jedi are. Yeah, and all I think the that's Jedi really are. a cool, yeah. a cool part. Yeah. I think if we show that Anakin is very much affected by the war, mm. very much torn between uh, the Jedi Order and his relationship with Padme, Padme mm. and also that him not having been granted the rank of Jedi Master mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is also... If we show all of these things a lot more, his uh, path yep. to the dark side is a lot more nuanced rather than... Someone flicked a switch. Yeah, rather than, oh, Padme will die, I can save her. Because, yeah. Okay, can I ask you then? Mm -hmm. Straight, even like when I first saw episode three and it became clear that in the films that that's the the turning point really is that he's trying to save Padme and then he uh, turns to the dark side in an attempt to save her. 
And I just felt like this to me doesn't work on a storytelling level at all because Anakin is saved and brought back because of his desire to save his son. So to me, the fall to the dark side has to be the opposite of that, which is to be selfish. Now, I know that George set it up that, well, he's got this attachment to Padme and so his attachment to her is actually a selfish thing and he's saving her for selfish reasons. But I feel like... That's like a technicality. That's like the small print in a in a in a in a contract. I think for Star Wars works with like broad brushstrokes and big image, big um, symbology. So I, to me, I, I would have liked to have seen. This is m kind of how I want to do it. So he's got this great relationship with Palpatine, right? Yeah. Palpatine's in his corner. Palpatine's always telling him man, you're doing good and where would we be without you? And man, look how good you are. And these guys should really respect, respect you. you, man, because you're like, you're, you're the best. You're the best. And, um, and I don't want the word Sith to even be known. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not, so I want, then you just, just by almost like, it seems like an accident to Anakin. But he sees Palpatine do something and he's like, how did you, how did you do that? Yeah. You're not a Jedi. And that's when Palpatine goes, what if I told you that it's not only Jedi in this galaxy that have these abilities? You've been lied to, man. I don't want, I'm sorry to tell you this, but there are a lot of people out there who can do this stuff, not just the Jedi, but they don't want you to know that. And so that sows that seed of distrust. And then you start, of course, at first it seems very innocent. But then Palpatine starts going like, you know, if you just see it, you know, sometimes you feel mad. The Jedi tells you not to use that. But, but I'm telling you, you, you use that, that anger. Yeah. I'm telling you, you can do even more than you're doing now. You, you can. And then so Anakin kind of feels like, well, I've been trained not to allow those kind of emotions to, uh, but I'm going to give, he kinda, like, I'm going to give it a go. And then just in like a training kind of situation, he goes, wow, that, that really worked. And then you see some, and maybe the thing he's mm. thinking about to channel the dark side mm. is thinking about how they have yet to grant him the rank of Jedi master. Mm. And you could also, you could also see it as, you know, Palpatine maybe like you know when's the when the war is over you know you I'm I'm gonna grant you the rank or something like in that so yeah he needs to be constantly basically yeah you said selfish right yeah so instead of Anakin's desire being to save Padme and Padme Padme Anakin's de desire should stem from wanting the rank of Jedi Master that should be it should be that yeah and it should also be basically that because um, I don't I, really see a see a, see a like I get your the thing the the thing mm. you're saying I think is good, but like, oh, you do this, you can do more crazy shit. It's like mm. Anakin doesn't really have the the desire to be more powerful, but he does have the desire to become Jedi Master. Mm. So, be being more powerful, that's more of a Sith thing in general. The Jedi don't strive right. to be more powerful. Sure. It's like they say, like Joda is one of the best uh, Jedi Masters we have, and like. 
has he ever even used a lightsaber? We don't know. We're too mm. young to know because Yoda's like, what, 800 mm. years old? Yep. So, so they're like, oh, Jedi never fights because he can be mm -hmm. a great Jedi in other ways. So the Jedi never strive for power. The Sith do yep. quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think it's a good idea, but I still think that his main motivation should be attaining the recognition he feels he deserves yep. that, that comes with the rank of Jedi Master. Great. And if we have like some kind of scene where it's like during the Clone Wars where it's like all hope is lost and he finally goes, I'm not going to try to control this at all. Yeah. I'm just going to unleash and go for it because we're all dead if, if, and then if he, I don't. And when he does that, he gets hailed as a war hero as well. Exactly. Yeah. Obi-Wan is there like giving him the side eye like, fuck, what, did, what happened? Like, mm -hmm. And Anakin comes home with the whole like Republic going, awesome dude you saved the day and so when obi-wan says like finally confronts him and says i saw what you did i know what's happened what's going on with you this he doesn't like go like oh you're right obi-wan that's starting no, 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 to no, no, fracture no. their angry. relationship yeah yeah, 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 He's yeah like, yeah. man i saved our lives yeah you're telling me i can't do this stuff i saved our lives i actually <laughs> i actually mm. take back what i said before about mm. the kind of avatar-ish Mm. I, I still think he should be able to show great displays of the force mm. but I think that idea that him they're gonna die yeah, and yeah. he taps into the dark side right, exactly. and, and gets hailed yep. as this war hero and by the clones and by mm -hmm. Padme because yep. Padme doesn't really understand she isn't a yes. part of the so so even Padme yep. says like, oh my god you are amazing I mm -hmm. love you you are a hero mm. Mm. And then Obi-Wan, his, his most loyal friend, yep. a man he considers to be his brother, a man he mm. feels should be proud of him mm -hmm. for, for this, this victory. He's, his, every day, Obi-Wan talks every day about how he wishes the war to end. Yep. He, he wishes that, that, that peace would reign and everything would be great. And Anakin feels as, it's a very decisive battle as well, a, yep. an important battle. Bingo. And Anakin mm. feels like, not only did I save people, Obi-Wan should be stoked because we're yeah. so close to yes. to having this war and uh, being like ending. Mm -hmm. And then Obi-Wan scolds him. Yeah. Yeah. Like not even, not even like screaming, but like, mm. like trying to make Anakin understand. But Anakin is so blinded by, by all of the attention. Like, attention. Look how awesome I am. Yeah. 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 Attention and, and, yep. um, and recognition mm, from everyone exactly. that he feels the Jedi doesn't give yep, him. And yep. then when Obi-Wan, even if Obi-Wan tries mm. to take a good approach to talking to Anakin, mm. Anakin is just blinded by this feeling of they recognize me as, mm -hmm. as the, as the he, hero I am. Maybe even Anakin starts to buy into the Chosen One narrative more and more. That as, would, yeah, add that in. Yeah, I think that's nice. Yeah, Anakin is a bit... He, know, he knows from the beginning... Mm. With the changes, with the changes we've talked about, he knows from the beginning that he's he's quite a bit more powerful mm -hmm. than the other Jedi. Mm -hmm. But he's never really bought into the the whole shtick of him being yep. the chosen one. Yep. But now it's now he starts to mm. now he starts to buy into the yeah buy into the idea that maybe I am the chosen. One. Yeah. Maybe maybe I am supposed to lead the Jedi and the Republic into into a new era of yes. whatever the, yeah, the I'm strong enough to end this thing and they won't let me. Yeah. 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 And um and I think in that way 
Because it, it seems weird when it goes like, oh, Palpatine, you're the Sith Lord who I've been told since birth that you are evil, so I should probably not join up with you. But in this case, he doesn't even know what, a, what the Sith are. Yeah. He hasn't, he's been ta- taught to avoid the dark side, but not really why or anything. And when, he's, when all this stuff that we've been talking about starts to work for him. And then when the Jedi... Uh, I think another great thing about the, the, the prequels is... Um, when the Jedi see that Palpatine, like his um, his term should have been up by now, but he's kept he stayed on as cha- yeah. as Supreme Chancellor because of the war, and they say like, okay, once Cre- Grievous is dead, that means the war is more or less over. Mm-hmm. If Palpatine doesn't step down at that point, we know that there's something me- something yeah. wrong with him. Yeah, and of course at that at that point, Anakin's going, "Are you crazy?" It's because of him that yeah. I knew how to do the things that uh, allowed me to end this war. Yeah. And so it's, uh, I think that your logic brain is much more satisfied when you go, I can see why Anakin's not okay with all this and yeah. why he's like ready to turn against the Jedi, even though they've been his family since he was, you know. Seven, eight, nine. And I also think the idea mm. of the Sith having been gone for so long. Yep. That the Jedi don't talk about it. I think Yo- maybe Yoda and Mace Windu know about that, or yeah. maybe only Yoda knows. Yeah, but so we don't hear, even hear the word Sith until Episode Three. And I also, I also think that we should clarify very early that there are a lot of people who have have a connection to the Force, but it, in very very small. Measurements. That's nice. That's so nice, maybe yeah. we have someone who's a, maybe a bit clairvoyant, mm. or maybe we have someone yep. who can, you know, do, they can use the force in minor ways, but that the Jedi basically find the the children who show great the most promise. Yeah, great being very in tune with the force, okay. uh, and that and that those are very rare. Mm. But I think that maybe maybe. We should have a character who maybe has a bit of the force, maybe kind of like Mez Kanata or like um, yeah. what's his name? That <laughs> um, yeah, Chirrut Imwe from Rogue One. Yeah. He's not a Jedi, but he obviously can. He has some kind of a yeah, 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 yeah. They they can't use use the force as the Jedi do, mm. but they they still have access to it. Maybe it isn't controllable, but mm. they still do. So we should have that established that there are degrees of being force... Is it called force sensitive? Force sensitive. Force sensitive, yes. Okay. And then also, I think that's a great idea. Anakin doesn't know the, what the Sith is. Mm. and Yeah, if he knew what they... He wouldn't just join them. He would yeah. resist it. Yeah. But because it just seems like an avenue that he's not being told about by someone you know like when people watch conspiracy theories online mm-hmm. something about the fact that this is secret knowledge and the government doesn't want you to know yeah that tickles people they feel yeah. like oh i want to know they, yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's the, uh, the the dynamic that it would be that would work mm-hmm. okay i have another question for you yes um i'm i'm not sure so on one side we have the clone army and on the other side we have a droid army which basically means I mean, if you take out the Clone Wars TV series, which humanized the clones a great deal um, and made you kind of uh, sympathize with them. Yeah. Um, but if you're just watching the films, the clones are 
they don't matter so much. They're just like a faceless army in a way. And then the droids are droids. Um, so when this, as this war is happening, it's basically two armies of creatures that you don't care about that much. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why they did that because George Lucas wants these kid these movies to be for kids, and he doesn't really want to have all this stuff with people getting murdered on screen, you know, all the time. Uh, but if they're droids and clones, you don't really no, care, yeah. right? Um, would it would it be too dark to to make that like? So my my idea is that the Republic does have an army, not a huge one, but they have one, and that. Maybe it's the separatists who first kind of launch, who are make this kind of aggressive move with clone soldiers, and then the Republic have no choice basically to also make clone clone soldiers. So you have it's, it is the Clone Wars. It's like clones fighting each other. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you like do you like the idea of the droid army? Because I I feel I don't like the droid army, but I think it's a design thing. If you made the Droids look to me more like a uh, original trilogy or Disney era Star Wars droids. Maybe I would actually be totally into them. But as it is, I don't like battle droids. I don't like super battle, oh, battle droids. Okay, that's that's a thing where we differ a lot. Mm. I love those, those designs. Ah, are Iconic Star Wars to uh, me. Ah, cool. I the I forgot what it's called, but the the rolly ones with the they're cool. Beep, 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 beep. They're the droid cars. They're cool. I, mm. I wanted a toy of that when I was a kid mm. for such a long time, and then they finally released one, and I bought it, and uh, it couldn't turn into the spinny things. It was a pretty basic toy, yeah. but I still have it displayed. Oh, cool! Because I love that design. I mean, that's by far the coolest one. Yeah, I love it, and yeah. I love the the the. The 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 basic battle droids, the yellow ones, yep. uh, because they they have funny scenes with them. They have personalities. They're kind of sucky. They yes. they are. <laughs> I love the design as well. Uh-huh. I think you don't like that design. I think the 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 second one, battle yeah, droid, super two, battle droid, super battle droid, kind of generic. It's like yeah. with the it arm. Looks like Lost in Space or something. Yeah, yeah with the arm that, cannon. To pew, me, that's pew, pew. not Star Wars arm cannons and stuff. But like. the the battle draw design mm. I think I that's... think it's I think it's amazing I think it's on par with with R2-D2 Ooh. and um what's his face in The Mandalorian um oh IG-11 yeah mm. I think it's on par with those kinds of designs I think nice. it's very Star Wars okay I and also kind of I feel like in A New Hope, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that the world is post-apocalyptic, because mm. it really isn't. Yep. But a lot of every planet's resources mm. go to the, the, the building of the clone. No, no, the, 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 the Death Star and the mm. ships and stuff. So sense. I feel like in... Uh, pre-empire era yep. maybe it wasn't as difficult to just re um, not reproduce re- just um, mass uh, produce mm. a bunch of similar looking droids i mean if if you mm. know, they had the that they had the materials and they had yeah. the factories they just pump them out so i think like i get what you're saying mm. with two clone armies mm-hmm. 
But I can't see the prequels without the battle droids. Okay. The battle droids are so Star Wars for me. Mm-hmm. It's. Okay. I think it's a damn shame that we like. Imagine having a reprogrammed, um, uh, battle droid, in like the new movies, or did you just find one on a planet? Doesn't even need to be a big character. They, they, because there, there were tons of broken ones, and people were like, "Yeah, we can fix them and put them to work." Well, there is one in um, in a book, in a trilogy of books. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a, your idea is a good one, and. It, uh, my actually, I sometimes thought um, I don't know if you remember a droid called um, EV ninety nine. It is the droid that is in Jabba's palace, who basically like checks in R two D two and C three PO. You know, we have use for you on the master's sail barge. Yeah, this yes, guy, yes, right? yeah. And then he, they also had two of them in one Mandalorian episode, working in the mm-hmm, um, yeah. in the cantina. I've often thought, what if that was the battle droids and I get, this is a reprogrammed battle droid? Because that design to me, it's one of those things like it's what you grow up with, right? Yeah. Like um, you um, had those ki- those movies around you as a kid. And of course, I grew up with these these other ones. And so that uh, uh, EV-99 design is like pure Star Wars. So if that... That's what the battle droids were, and this was a reprogrammed one. Ah, I would have been sold. Mm. And I think this kind of, um, like, kind of arrogant or like shitty attitude that it has, like, uh, you're a feisty little one. If that was the, because it's still comedy, yeah. it's still funny. Uh, it's not the kind of like uh, Three Stooges, like, uh oh, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind, of <laughs> kind of thing. Maybe it's more like, um, like a, uh, yeah, like. Yeah, like I described. But I was like, yeah, maybe in that case, then I would be totally into a droid army. And of course, it, having a droid army lends you the narrative thing of like, you can knock them out with the press of a button or by blowing up one ship, which is kind of works in a good way of like, when when they win a victory, mm-hmm. they can do it in one thing, which is like exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. But you mentioned Mandalorian. Have we talked about that? I don't even remember we've if we've mentioned it quite a bit. So I where think. where did, people love the Mandalorian? I I had no idea, but I heard recently that the Mandalorian is by far the most streamed show in the in in the world. Or it has been since you know in the or it was in the first few months that of it being released. Happy. It's nice to hear, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second one was uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, so Star Wars was one and two on the on the streams. Um, now, what frustrates me is that I like The Mandalorian, but I don't love it as much as everyone else seems to. So obviously, it's I'm the problem because <laughs> <laughs> like everyone loves the, loves it to death, and I like it very much. But um, there's still things that don't I totally think it's connect. Probably for me. the best Star Wars media we've ever gotten, but I also do have. A specific shaped hole in my heart for the Mandalorian. Mandalorians like that. They the, just look cool. They what just ca- look cool. Come on. And yeah. like my. I remember seeing. I don't remember. I have a memory of a memory of a memory because mm. I was I was a small kid. Yeah. But I I still remember seeing um, uh, Django, Fett. 
for the first time. I mean, the his, outfit is fantastic. You his, can't in his armor. Yeah, and being like, yeah, this is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Can anything ever top this mm -hmm. in coolness? And in in science fiction, to this day, armor wise, kinda not. The whole Mandalorian armor mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah, and it when is. they expanded the Mandalorian uh, lore yep. in the Clone Wars, mm -hmm. how their society works mm. and their culture and their semi-religion and uh, pre-Vizsla -pre and mm -hmm. the dark mm -hmm. saber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. When they did that, mm. it was like, oh, okay. So not only are you gonna have guys in cool armor armor you're also gonna make them like the coolest guys in the star wars universe okay then uh back off any other sci-fi media <laughs> you can't top this uh, that's you cool. can't top this mm -hmm. no way so cool yeah it's so they were just like cool. sometimes yeah they it's a magic design it just as you said it just looks so that, so cool it's not even so much about the armor it's most about the helmet yeah the helmet is good. the helmet yeah. is just... yeah yeah such a good design mm. and i mean that is boba fett i mean this old design still one of the best sci-fi distance i still think a lot of the a lot of the star wars uh, ships even from um Four, five, and six, mm. like the X-wing and the yeah. Y-wing and the Tie fighters and, mm -hmm. and uh, Star destroyers, and it's just, bruh. Yeah, it's per per perfection. I, nothing yeah. compares. Yeah, yeah, nothing compares. I mean, Slave One is such a bizarre design, but it's like it's that weirdness that really draws you in somehow. Yeah, I um, bought. I bought when I was eleven or twelve, mm. back in the day when. So a lot of. A lot of kids nowadays on Christmas, they just ask for money, right? Sure. So I was 11 or 12, so I, I, I mainly asked for toys. Uh. But I got like uh, 150, no, 1,500 crowns, which is like 150 dollars-ish, mm. kind of basically. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm going to go to Tarsaras mm. and I'm going to buy a few Lego Star Wars sets that I didn't get for Christmas. And I can buy like maybe two or three. Yeah. And then I saw, uh, is it, is it slave two or slave one? Boba's version. Is it still slave one? I don't that know. is slave one. Yeah. yeah, that's slave one. Yes. Mm. And it was like maybe one hundred and thirty dollars. Mm. You know, and it's like, oh, I'll have two hundred left then, but it doesn't matter. And I just picked up the oh, big box. Wow. And when I was a kid, super nice. When I was a kid, when I got tired of a set, mm. I broke it apart and put it in a box. Mm -hmm. I still have Slave One on my shelf. You do? I like ten nice. years later. That's nice. I still have it up on the shelf. That's nice. It's such a unique ship. It's so cool. It's such a cool ship. Yeah. It's such scream Star Wars for me. Really and not does. only the ships, like the AT-ATs and... Yeah, magic. The walkers All and everything. Yeah. Oh, but so I just have to say, designs. like, about Boba Fett, mm -hmm. I can't believe edgelords... Uh, it's not edgelords, but it's, <laughs> it's even, like, just, like, people 
maybe it's people who haven't. When people go like, "Oh, Boba Fett's such an overrated character. He doesn't even do anything." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> you, what you have to remember is, or well, a that shut up, because <laughs> like, he's he's clearly fucking awesome." Yeah. But um, B like, think think about being a kid in 1982. You've seen Star Wars. You've seen The Empire Strikes Back. That's all the Star Wars you've got. Yeah. So Boba Fett, even with his quite limited role in, in that in that film, you're not you're not comparing him to like Ahsoka Tano, who no. you've seen seventy episodes of TV of or whatever. Yes, you know he was kind of the Star Wars equivalent of um, of the like ah oh, like have you heard that band's like demos kind of thing you know like you. If you were into Boba Fett, it showed that you weren't just like a shallow, like a surface level Star Wars fan. You, no. you were more into it than your average kid. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, yeah. But then like, I mean, you love the Mandalorians as well, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this is cool. So what, it, what, you know, there've been a lot of, um, you know, like reports of of what characters we can possibly expect to see in season two. Have you kept up with any of that, or no. are you okay? What would you like to see? What direction would you like to see the Mandalorian season two go in? Hmm. Um. Some sort of explanation mm -hmm. uh, for who the baby is. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We need. Mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of don't. We could keep it a mystery. Oh, no, but it's got to be part of the story. I it? know, but we could mm -hmm. keep it a mystery. It could be like, oh, it's a powerful force user. Of course, mm -hmm. we need mm -hmm. um, I would also like, because they explored Mandalorian culture a bit. Yep. I would like to see them explore Mandalo Mandalorian culture a bit more. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to explore the Mandalorian, the character yeah. more and his, his backstory, sure. his beliefs, mm. his internal struggles. Yeah. Cause he's, he's kind of, a you know, anti-hero in yes, a way. He is, he's a, sure. he's a, he's a good guy, of course, but mm. I mean, he's like, Oh, I'll help you. What's the pay? You know, kind of, uh, there's he, a bit it, of friction between him and the others in the covert, in the covert, or culvert, I can't remember the correct word, mm -hmm. where he's been like he took that job from an like like the the Imperials or ex Imperials, mm -hmm. the uh, the client as he's known, Werner Herzog, and when he comes with his payment of Beskar to get the armor to you know build yeah, him yeah. new armor, people see it's stamped with the Imperial cog, and they're like, "You worked for Imperials." They're the people who ruined our fucking whole planet and culture. Like, even you can see he's like a badass in this in that galaxy, but he's also n not behaving in a way that's really accepted by the rest of the Mandalorians necessarily. Uh, but by the end, he has mm -hmm. found his morality. I might be wrong now, but isn't I? He wasn't born into the warrior ranks. This is correct. He was a foundling. He was a foundling, yeah. Mm. So he doesn't have the same respect for the culture I in a know. way. 
I think hmm? he doesn't have this feeling of maybe history. Uh, okay. He doesn't have any great warrior to his name as an ancestor. So you think he's a bit looser than someone who's like my father and his father I, before I th- him kind I of thing? I think that he's very... Core beliefy. Uh-huh. He's been taught a lot of things, mm-hmm. like the Mandalorian code and their, mm-hmm. like their. The the, the the whole helmet thing, and the and the, um, uh, not only that Beskar is a very durable and variable ma- material, it's a Mandalorian mm-hmm. thing. Yes, but I also think that he doesn't have this sense of. Um, belongingness. Mm-hmm. Because we, we see him only return there when he needs to forge his armor. Mm. He doesn't mm. go there and hang out with his Mandalorian friends. And the Mandalorians, uh, they come to his aid mm-hmm. uh, in his time of need and mm. help him escape uh, with uh, with the baby. Um, and maybe he's grateful for them. But would he, would he do the same for them? Mm. Who knows? Interesting. I don't know. But I, I kind of get that feeling from him that he knows what he has been taught. Okay. And and he has respect for the Mandalorians and their culture, but he's also not a part of them. Oh, okay. It's kind of like um, Shogun. Have you ever seen Shogun or read Shogun? I have done neither, to be honest. Neither. neither. Oh, it's a uh, British guy uh, mm. shipwrecked in Japan and starts working for the Shogun. Ah, yeah. I mean, he still becomes a highly respected um, part mm-hmm. of um, of the of the like uh, noblemen in yeah. Japan. He gets yeah. to carry a sword and everything, mm. but he still wants to go home. Uh, it isn't his home. Uh huh. So you think that you, if you kind of like, uh, I'm kind uh, of making a parallel here. Like, like yeah. he still has great admiration mm. for these people, and he takes part of their culture, and he learns their language, mm. and he tries to be a part of their society. But his main goal isn't to stay. His main goal is to go. And I'm not saying that that uh, the Mandalorian wants to return to some planet or whatever, but I mean there's still this disconnect between him and his people in okay. a way. Kind of. That's mm. th- uh, that's at least the um, the way I see it. Right. Or my uh, pet canon or my interpretation or whatever right. you want to call it. Well, the good news is that Disney have finally made Disney Plus available at least for signing up now. Um, it's, uh, it launches here in Sweden on the 15th of September. Yes. So less than a month to go. I have signed up and paid one year in advance to get a bit of a discount. Um, how much was one year? 500 and something. Mm, decent. So it's like I'll 50 prob- crowns a month or something. We'll probably do the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's one of those things where I just go like, uh, something again, uh, Sometimes when you see people complaining online, I just, you know, the so Disney have just launched their campaign, their campaign to um, their campaign to complain. No, <laughs> uh, have launched their campaign to promote this in Sweden because it's available to sign up for now, and of course you, 
I should not do this. I don't need to see what people comment on Facebook posts by Disney announcing Disney Plus. But I was like, oh, I'm going to have a quick look. And of course, there's people complaining. And I just felt like, here's what you should do, guys. Picture yourself as being 10 years old. And imagine that you can come and talk to your 10-year-old self and tap that kid on the shoulder and say, Hey, kid, guess what? For just... 50 crowns or five bucks a month, you can have a dedicated Star Wars channel, which is on-demand Star Wars as much as you want. Like, the kid's mind would explode. Yeah. Your mind would have, a, would have exploded. Mm-hmm. You mean... Their minds exploded. Their minds exploded. I don't know if they you heard us. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine, like, if you had gone to me... You know, in 1984 and going like, one day there's going to be a channel on TV and you can press, go on that channel and it's just 100% Star Wars. I would have been like, just put me in a fucking coma and wake me up when this is available because I don't want anything else, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm not a Disney fan. I'm not going to watch Hannah Montana or... Little Mermaid or whatever. Like, I, I'm not going to watch any of that. Marvel movies, maybe. But I'm going to watch the hell out of the Marvel movies. I mean, I own all the Star Wars stuff on Blu-ray already, so whatever. But I'm going to actually... Because of my feelings about the prequel era, that puts a big like barrier be- between me and enjoying the Clone Wars to the fullest. But the good stuff is fantastic. Yes. So I'm going to like pick pick some core... Um, some core arcs from the Clone Wars, and I'm going to rewatch them. It's going to be cool. Do you know if they have the original original? Clone they do Wars? not. They do not. Isn't that weird? It's you know why? Because it's not like it, it. Some of it contradicts canon, and they're trying to keep shit canon now. But it's, but do they have the rights? Yeah. But, but they haven't put droids or the Ewoks cartoons from the '80s either. Um, I don't think they've put the Ewoks movies up, or it could be wrong. There's a, there's some other stuff that they haven't put up, but those Is I mean the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, on the, that's oh, okay. On. Yeah, okay. So the Clone Wars TV series, the Clone Wars movie, Rebels, Resistance, it's all on there. Um, so I'm actually I'm gonna go and I'm gonna rewatch a bunch of my favorite arcs from the Clone Wars. Um, that's so good about the Clone Wars. Did you Clone watch? Works, did, you, War, did you Wars. watch the the all the new episodes? Thanks. Oh, dude, we should do that together. Oh, yeah. Hmm. We have to do that. Too. We should do it right now. Okay. We'll tell you what, everybody. We're going we're gonna to finish up right here. Uh, we're going to get up, stretch our legs, and then sit down and record a um, commentary for episode two. Hee, <laughs> 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 uh, All right. Thanks, Gabriel. No problem, man. Always get ready for round two. Yes. All right. That's uh, Star Wars on for everyone, especially me. <laughs> 